Ready, guys? Let's do it. Let's do this. Welcome. You are listening to episode 10, or also known as the Pele episode of the Geoholics, a podcast produced by and for geomatics professionals. Thanks for being here, everybody. That, of course, is the Black Moods. We haven't had them on in a couple of weeks. Uh, the name of that song is Someone to Save Us. They have a new song coming out called What You Got that is currently, even though it hasn't been officially released yet, it's the number three most added single on Active Rock Radio, and it will officially be available on November 1st, and you can get it on iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff on November 1st, so check it out. I've heard it. It's amazing. The guys are wrapping up an East Coast tour uh, tonight, as a matter of fact, in Cincinnati. Then they're headed back west to Arizona, where I am going to see them this Saturday night at Rock Bar in Scottsdale. So really, really looking forward to that show. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Super small venue, and uh, they're going to be so fired up being back home. It's it's going to be uh, one of the best shows yet, I'm sure. So, Jake, are you going to be there? I don't know. I'm looking into it. What time is it at? Uh, I believe it starts like 8 o'clock or something. like. That. There's an opening band. It's not sold out yet? Uh, you should probably get your tickets, buddy. All right. I'll have to look into it tonight. All right. Got to do it. Uh, here we are in Studio One, the global headquarters of the Geoholics. Happy to be here. And what I'm even more excited about is we have a, another, we have a, a celebrity with us this evening, and that would be uh, Executive Chef Jason Diaz. We're bringing him on tonight. I mean, we, we mention him every single episode, I believe. So now you'll finally get to put a voice with a name. So this is pretty cool. Jason, thanks for being here, buddy. Thank you for having me. So you've been the executive chef here at Social Hall for what? Two Almost two years. Almost years in January. two years already. Gosh, time flies and you're I having know. fun, right? Mm-hmm. How would you describe the, the current menu here at Social Hall? Um, mainly about 90% of it is New Mexican food. I'm from New Mexico. I've been out in Phoenix for about four years now. Um, but yeah, um, I have a variety of different food for everybody, I think, but mainly I stick to New Mexico um, cuisine. That's what I'm used to, and seems to be that everybody loves it. And there's, uh, to me, my opinion, there's not very much good New Mexican food out here. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so that's what I, I stick to. I stick what I like. Um, New X menu is coming out in January. Uh, I'm probably going to steer away from it. Um and give people a little bit more of a variety of different types of food. Do some fried chicken, okay. um, fish and chips, stuff like that. More bari, um, but my style. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. Your food is great. Thank uh, you. And uh, what? Just out of curiosity, what's your favorite thing currently on the social hall menu? <sighs> my favorite thing. It was the carne elevada. That's uh, red chili pork marinated red chili. That's not on the menu. I took that off. Probably the carnita tacos. Carnita tacos. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Incredible. And uh, rumor has it, you guys just recently purchased a new smoker. We did. We got a $20,000 smoker that we're going to fire up on Friday. Oh, yeah. I haven't even done it. I haven't. No. I was going to do it tonight, but I just wow. didn't have time to pull it out of the garage. So we'll, wow. uh, we'll probably fire it up tomorrow and, and do one pork butt. And then Friday, we'll do ribs, pork butt, um, some cool stuff in there. I know what I'm doing Friday. Yeah. Are you going to have that available for the... For the, the new menu, I will. Oh, but yeah. on uh, on Friday, you guys got the uh, after uh, or the Halloween hangover Hall- party. Mm-hmm. There might be some of that available. Yep, mm-hmm. I'll be here. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, we'll have a separate menu um, from our main menu. About four or five items on there. 
cool. So we were talking last week. Um, I think you know this. I may have told you. If not, it's a surprise. Mm-hmm. Every episode, we ask all of our guests if they had to eat one of the three following sandwiches, what would it be? Okay. Those three sandwiches are Sloppy Joe, okay. Grilled Cheese, and Peanut Butter and Jelly. And after 10 episodes, which is after tonight, mm-hmm. we have a winner, which I think it's going to be a landslide. I think it's going to be Peanut Butter and Jelly. I think okay. so. And then the idea was for you to put... The Jason Diaz spin on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Okay. What do you think about that? Oh, it sounds great. I have uh, personally thought about this, mm-hmm. and my suggestion this is a, this is a family affair. My wife even threw in the the uh, twist at the end. I thought peanut butter and jelly with smoked bacon. Okay. But then my wife threw it out there. Who hates spice? Jalapeno jam. Oh yeah, I have jalapeno jam on my uh, menu it's, right now. Too. It's already done. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I would like to request that be called the Big Shoots. Okay, because that's what Kent calls me, and I want my stamp <laughs> be on your the menu. Signature dish, right? Yeah, there. Okay. and then also while we're on the topic, if we could bring back the salmon Caesar and call that the Jake, that'd be great. <laughs> He was really heartbroken about that. That's such a boring salad. So stupid. <laughs> I love the dressing though. It's a good dressing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I had to get that in for you, Jake. Yeah. Thank you. All right, so that's enough of the serious stuff. Who's your uh, favorite celebrity chef? Probably Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay? Yeah, I like him. He yells at people, and he's fun to watch. So, he's, a good, he's a good chef. So. He, he's a great chef, yeah. and this is a perfect segue. Because he yells so much, and I trust me, I am fascinated by chefs. Right. Just because, uh, I mean, the stress you guys are under. My, one of my favorite movies is Burnt mm-hmm. with Bradley Cooper. And <laughs> I'm not that extreme. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, are you that extreme? No, no. And then my other question is, I mean, those guys, again, under so much stress, you know, there's this culture of drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. and that type thing. Does, does that ever seep into the picture? Well, that's, that's so true. All that is true, especially, you know, 10 years, 10 years ago it was really popular, especially yeah. cocaine in the kitchen because we're, you know, we're in there 10, 12, 13, 14 hours a day and. Yeah. You got to do something to wake up, so do yeah. some blow. But now you don't really see it that much. I haven't seen it in five years now, you know. It's uh-huh. still there, but definitely not as bad. Not in your kitchen, at no, least. Not, no, I've been sober eight years, so. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Great. Um, you were previously, let's see if I remember right, you were the executive chef at Mariposa in Sedona. I was a chef de cuisine. I, uh, we had an executive chef. Her name okay. was Lisa Dahl. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, Megan and I visited mm-hmm. you up there. And again, the food was amazing there. But my story, my takeaway story from that visit, of course, was Kurt Cobain's sister. Mm-hmm. Was, we were sitting at the bar. Kurt Cobain's sister was the bartender. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Crazy? I was blown away when uh, they introduced me and they told me afterwards. They didn't say this is Kurt Cobain's sister. Yeah. So I never approached her, though, and like said anything to her. So I'm sure she hears that all the time, but she was she was awesome to work with. Great bartender. She uh, and I think you kind of whispered that to Megan as we were walking in, yeah. and then Megan told me, and I was like, and I'm looking at her. I'm like, oh my god, she does look like Kurt Cobain. So yeah. of course, you I know, googled I it. Yeah. Googled it, mm-hmm. and I think her name was Kim or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Kim. Exactly. Was it Kim Cobain? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, this is like the closest I'm going to come to rock royalty right? ever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. many things I want to ask her, but of yeah. course I didn't. No, she's been in a lot of award shows with him too, or have talked about him too. So it's pretty so cool. cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. And then you were also the, uh, what, so what was your title at the Wrigley Mansion? Executive chef. Executive mm-hmm. chef at the Wrigley Mansion. Mm-hmm. And you worked with uh, Chef Christopher. Very little. A little yeah. bit? Yeah. Yeah. He left me alone. He didn't bother me. Huh, oh, I, that, that, I won't ask the next question then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, uh, who, who have been your biggest influences? 
Um, I have a buddy. One of my best friends. His name is Mark Liana. He works out in uh, Albuquerque, and he got me to where I'm at right now. I I, I feel like so. Um, shout out to Mark Liana. Was it a passion from like day one? You loved cooking. Oh yeah, yeah. Since I was and... I started when I was 16 years old. My first thing I ever cooked was sopapillas. Okay. I did that for a month straight, every day, just making sopapillas, sopapillas, sopapillas. Mastering it. Yeah. yeah. Did you uh, Did you ever have to work like in McDonald's? Did you ever work at McDonald's no, or anything like that? Never. No. Never you worked. You corporate, had, never like... worked corporate. I've always worked for these, you know, self-owned places. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. The offshoots. Right. The offshoots. Yeah. Us misfits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? Like, how do you keep cool under pressure? Then, what's your what's your trick? Is it just having good people, or? Oh yeah, I definitely have great people. I have a great staff in there. Um, I've always up their asses all all the time, but I've never really have to get on my staff too much. Um, when there's parties, banquets, that's probably when I have to get on people the most, especially Megan being Megan. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, yeah. I'm pretty cool most of the time in the kitchen. I don't really like yell, cuss at my staff or anything like that. I'm. Have a cool head. Small correction. He meant the lovely Megan. The lovely Megan. The lovely Megan. The lovely Megan, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, how, how many times in your career have you got to the point where you're just like, we are screwed? Because there's so much I've ever done like that. Like no. throwing your arms up. No, because like, I'm all over done. the place. No, I make sure my shit's done. So I've never gotten awesome. to that point ever. Yeah. So here's why I ask you that question. We were at uh, a mutual friend's restaurant. Uh-huh. I'm not going to mention it, of course, but uh, one of my new favorite places here mm-hmm. in in, uh, in Phoenix. Great food and everything, but we were there like the opening weekend, and Ma- the lovely Megan and I were there, and he was just completely overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. There were so many people coming through the doors; they couldn't keep up and ru- running around like crazy. Right. Was so stressed out, and I was stressed out seeing him, him stressed mm-hmm. out to the point where I was like, I was about to pull my hair out, and I'm like, Megan, if if I was him. I would literally stand up on the bar right now and say, everybody, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever is in front of you right now, it's on the house. <laughs> yeah, I would have shut <laughs> like, it down. It was insane. Yeah, so, I heard about that. Again, I am, I'm so fascinated by what you do. Um, you're a huge horror movie fan, right? I am, yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that, how that started. Oh, tell my us some dad. of your favorites. Oh, since I was little, since I could remember, my dad would... Uh, surprised me with new movies from blockbuster if you guys remember that hollywood video always with the kids (laughs) always with a new scary movie and then i just started about six years ago um starting my sleeve from my hands all the way to up to my shoulders my whole back's done i got the ouija board on my back i have all the old school um michael myers freddy um tattoos on me but love them that's all i ever watch that's That's all i care about is horror movies (laughs) do you have a uh i don't know how you would do it but do you have an exorcist tattoo anywhere no, I don't. No. I'm wearing an extra shirt, though, today. Look what? at that. Yeah. What are the odds? Oh my God. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. This guy came prepared. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want people to know about you? Uh, no. You personally or the menu or social hall? No. No? no. He said it all? Okay. He said it all. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again for yeah. uh, joining us for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate We're going to come it. see you in a little bit. Yeah. Sounds uh, good. Get the tour of the kitchen. For sure. And maybe sample a few oh, things. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, man. Now I'm excited. I want that peanut butter and jelly. Oh. Yeah, I know. See you're what kind of twist you're going to put on this. Right? Bacon and jalapeno. You can't go wrong with that combination. I'm I'm thinking about it, and I think you may be onto something. Uh, you know, I was blown away when Carrie said it. Yep, yep. I was like, coming from you? I think you uh, hate spicy. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited <laughs> for the possibilities. No doubt about it. Let's catch up with the fellas. Uh, Producer Jake, What uh, what's the latest in your life, buddy? I'm doing good. Um... 
not a whole lot going on, but uh, just the weather's making a turn. So we talked about it uh, maybe five or six episodes ago about how we only get a certain a number of months, right, a year to where the weather is enjoyable to be outside. And I think we're, we're turning the cusp there. We're here now. I it think you're right. Nice. It was. It's supposed to be like 42 degrees tomorrow morning. You know, the, the, we really don't have. I guess we have seasons, but they change so, so rapidly. Yeah, like we went in a week's notice. Yeah, there's it was no, like 100 degrees a week ago. Now all of a sudden it's 42. It's 42 and 75 during the day. Like yep. it's crazy. And if you live in Arizona, your blood without question. Oh, thins, absolutely! I've been here long enough that so I when can it's like officially s- say it, yep. it does. It's all I've ever known. When it's <laughs> like coming from Chicago. I'd say after two years, my blood was thin. There's no doubt about it. And when it was like 70 degrees and you feel cold, people in Chicago are like, screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I went for a walk last night. My hands were like numb by the time I got home. I'm like, oh, man, I am a sissy. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? What have you been up to? <sighs> Living the dream. You got the golf Golfing, clubs out. Yeah. Uh, Ryan's always living the dream. May have may have gotten sidetracked with a little uh, wife drama right before I teed off, so I can't give the official review on the new clubs yet. Let's get a non-official score, though. Uh, I, I left after 15 holes. <laughs> it was that bad. Well, uh, you should have just said that was your score. Oh, yeah. It, it, was, it was still over par for 18 <laughs> after 15, so <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, it. You know, going out again tomorrow. We'll see how it goes and report, report back. back with everybody so waiting for this world series to end hoping these nationals take a take a dive and uh i'll be a happy man bring on a game seven right no Wait. they're saying scherzer oh take a dive you say yeah, oh i got no, you I I can, gotcha. okay. as a mets man that is blasphemy to Oof. root for the nationals but they said if the game seven happens scherzer starting so I'm, I'm i'm really hoping the astros shut it down i don't have done. a horse in the race except for my team did hire a new manager which i'm pretty excited yeah, about david ross david old rossy yep. uh so other than uh the upcoming Black Moods, what's up with you? Oh, geez. Um, what is new with me? Well, the lovely Megan and I, last weekend, um, we made time to see one of our other podcast bands, Carol Pacey and the Honey Shakers. Uh, we went to a local place called Duck and Decanter, which I've never been to before, but I will definitely go back because it's a super cool place. Free plug. Don't get used to it. <laughs> but they have this great outdoor seating area now with a little, I call it a band shell, but it was just kind of a covered area that was really cool. So... Uh, the whole band wasn't there, but Carol and Andy were there playing an acoustic show. Okay. So we stuck around for a couple sets, and uh, it was great seeing those guys. And again, uh, they're going to be here at Social Hall on Friday. By the time you guys listen to this, it'll be past. So <laughs> I will have a good story from that evening, I'm sure. But so if anybody has a time machine, listen to the episode, come back in time and join us. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, with that, it's uh, it's safety share time. Oh boy, uh, a lot this is of a big the, one. Yeah, a lot of people listening. Uh, there was an incident here in Phoenix this past week where, and this is a video that went viral, where a guy ran through a red light at a, at a pretty busy intersection here in Phoenix, and he was a millisecond away from hitting a man and, the, and his wife and their baby who was Ooh, in a stroller. stroller. Yep. And just literally a millisecond before he hit the stroller, another car who actually had a green light coming the you know opposite or 90 degrees of this guy T-boned him and saved, mirac- saved the family. Saved saved the family. Lives, yeah. It was an absolute miracle. So for me, it was an easy choice as far as the safety share or reminder goes. Uh, it's drinking and driving. I did research, as always, and what I found was that there, this is unbelievable, there are over 900,000 
DUIs annually in that the United is States. Mind blowing. Nine hundred thousand, and over seventeen hundred people killed each year in the United States by people driving under the influence. So the safety share is really short and sweet. When it comes to drinking and driving, don't do it. That simple. Can I interject? You can. Arizona is actually top number one in red light red light running. I've heard that yeah. statistic before, yeah. Yeah. And for some reason we have this like massive amount of wrong way drivers on the freeways. How the hell do you go the wrong way on the freeway? That's been a thing, yeah. That's been like right definitely rising up in the past couple of years. I don't know if it's like the signs. I have no clue. Well now they're coming up with all these lighted signs and saying, No, you're going the wrong way, dummy. Yeah. I think the tire strips would be the easiest solution for that. Really? Yeah. Well, not the easiest, but the like the most uh, effective, most effective and low cost, anyways. Absolutely. So you guys, uh, you heard our our guest chime in there just a little bit. Our official guest this evening is uh, Kara Jensen. She's known as the the Web Genie, among other things, which we'll get into. But before we get into the meat of the episode, let me uh, run down a little bit of the bio information she provided. She was born. In a tiny town in Indiana. She didn't give the name of the town, so. Bourbon. You were born <laughs> in Bourbon? It was named Bourbon. <laughs> it was named Bourbon. Got a water tower, too. says Bourbon on it. It's awesome. And she grew up in the same tiny town. Ta- oh, tiny Ooh. town. Tiny Ooh. town. Tiny town. Tiny town. Now, is the water tower full of water or bourbon? I don't know. I think it's water, <laughs> but. Who knows? So was it kind of like, a, whenever I think about that, yeah, I'm from Chicago originally, so the whole Midwest thing. I'm a huge John Cougar Mellencamp fan. Was it kind of like the Born in a Small Town song? Kind of, yeah. That's yeah. why I left. <laughs> was it like, uh, not a Jack and Diane, but a Jack and Kara story? Not really. Not so much. No. She got out of there too early. Yeah, I, I, I like, bailed. Jack didn't have time to find her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she attended Vincennes University, home of the Blazers. Did you know that? I did not know that. I I don't even think they had a football team when I was there. I'm not into sports. Go Blazers. I wonder if they named a Blazers because they had a really good automotive program, like Chevy Blazer. That makes you so much sense. You never know. They did have a very awesome automotive program. Which you graduated from. Yes, I did. Fantastic. Uh, your hobbies include art. You create planters and home furnishings out of various types of cacti. Hmm. She likes hunting, hiking, gardening, and Spending time at her mini cabin at White Lake, White Mountain Lake. Yes. She has been a million dollar producer in real estate. She's received marketing company of the year and sportsman of the year twice. And she also MCs at the Antelope Foundation Banquet. She's a board member, fundraising chair, and on the steering committee of wildlife conservation groups and hosts a youth hunting camp, camp each year. Sorry. Uh, like I said, she's referred to as the web genie by many of her clients. Uh, she is hired typically by a business to bring on more clients through their online presence, which is great. Also runs masterminds for businesses and hosts a cigar summit for sales professionals. She rebuilt a 1970 Mustang coupe, and she said it was a sleeper that blew the doors off all the boys' cars. That had to be a freaking blast. Well, that's why there was no Jack in high school, because nobody liked me, because I showed him up. (laughs) (laughs) And you drove that same car across country to Southern California at the age of 17. 
Oh my goodness! Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna just interject real please quick. Please do the cigar summit for sales professionals. I consider myself a sales professional. I've never been invited to one of these. Well, now you are. It's the third uh, Tuesday of the month. We now are having them at Torch up on High Street. We used to have them at Shadows Lounge at Talking Stick, but they closed it because they expanded the High Limit Poker Room. Uh, you guys, so, you guys weren't uh, lucrative enough. Apparently not. <laughs> that poker brings in a little bit more money. Yeah, I guess so. A lot of a lot of things I want to circle back on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what was the seventy the nineteen seventy Mustang? What was it? Tell me a little bit more about that. Was it like a fastback? No. I don't even know what model they had then. Well, what see, was it? They had a fastback. They had the Boss three hundred two. Yep. And then they just had the coupe. And um, I needed a car. I wanted a car, and I didn't have parents that would help me out with finances. And I mm-hmm. was able to save three hundred fifty dollars. So I bought this basket case of a car, <laughs> and I called it my Mustang. <laughs> instead of my mustang and it had three different sized tires on it. it had glass packs they had dropped the the yep. shackles on the the spring it was a mess it looked like a dog had gotten to the interior it was all tore up so i just rebuilt the whole thing and painted it awesome. white and everyone just thought it was a little mustang coupe and it was i hopped up the engine and it was a blast it was a lot of fun that's so cool i had a uh uh 1974 dodge charger that was my first car and my uh, my dad paid four hundred dollars for the car it was, wasn't even running you know it was all there but it wasn't running so he got it running we bonded the crap out of it put like a 99 dollar earl shy paint job on it <laughs> nice. i put i worked as a lifeguard i put craggers on it oh yeah cherry bombs and to high school that was that was the shit right oh there. yeah definitely <laughs> about it. what's your what would be your if you could have any classic car right now when i say classic let's say from 1960 to 1973 what would it be well it'd either be the mustang because i I just have a thing for those cars but just because of my last name for some silly reason i really want to get an old jensen and rebuild it nothing wrong with that i think it'd be kind of cool very cool they're they're funky looking cars but they just seem cool to me very cool so you are an unbelievably busy person you get a lot of stuff going on you have your company triffid Online marketing. Mm-hmm. You are part of the Arizona Antelope Foundation. Yep. Part of the Arizona Predator Callers. Uh-huh. The Cigar Summit, of course. So you do the calling yourself? Yeah, we, oh, we go goodness. out and call. I'm going to have to request in. some sort of call. I don't bring anything with <sighs> me, but I can. Next time. <laughs> I, I didn't know I, I would have. I would have requested. I apologize. Uh, now, Give me another gonna... glass of wine. I might be able to come up with something. All right. We'll, let's get hold Chef please. Jason Diaz. Hold, hold on. Please. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, I think your is this your latest endeavor is the Be Outdoors Arizona. Uh, it's it's one of them. I've been doing that for a little while. But there's also the there's hunting. More. Yes, there's a hunting oh, and goodness. angling heritage work group. I'm on the steering committee of that, and then also the Arizona Sportsman for Wildlife Conservation. I represent the predator callers at, at that group. So yeah, I have a lot of meetings in the evenings. So when this, do you sleep? Um, between midnight and 6 a.m. All right. We're lucky to have you. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. So uh, with all of that, I mean, how do you how do you balance all that? That's well, crazy. Really, it's, it's I've learned how to time block, and I honor my word, and I honor my word to myself. If I, I've got something time blocked, I keep it. I'm not going to move things around. I make arrangements. I know when to say no if I'm asked to, to do something. If I know I can't do it, I'm not going to say yes just to make somebody happy, and then I know who I can ask for help from if I need it. That is that is such a good point. I tell my oldest daughter all the time. I mean, she's one of these people that just, you know, she wants to make everybody happy, right? And she 
has a hard time saying no. And as a result, she overextends herself. I was like, listen, you gotta, you gotta be able to say no. You just have to do it as badly as you don't want to, because you're afraid you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. You just got to do it. So good for you. That's great. So your interests seem to generally be associated with technology, uh, marketing, relationship building, and the outdoors. So in, in through like the cigar summit, it seems like, and, and all these other things that you're involved with, it seems like you've been able to bring all that together Well, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And, and, and to me, everything is relationship building. Marketing is relationship building. Um, if you try to market yourself or your company without relationship, it's always going to fail. It fails in the end. Um, if you're marketing or selling and coming, going, go to it at with, within the context of making it, uh, you know, making the sale or viewing your prospect or customer as a commodity, they're going to sense that. And that's going to turn them off. And then if it doesn't and they do buy from you, you're going to kind of feel icky afterwards. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people don't like sales and marketing. Um, and then just the relationships, like my, my, my Cigar Summit Mastermind, is you're building relationships and trust within different business owners in different industries and, and, and relying on each other's input and insight. So that's all relationship. And then just the outdoors... Um, with be outdoors, I, I've, I've been doing some studies on, on, on children and less and less kids are getting outside. In fact, not too long ago, and I can't remember the source, I apologize, a report that said kids spend 90% of their time indoors, 90% of their time indoors. And most of that's in front of a screen of some sort. Yep. Absolutely. So there's where we can use the technology of that screen to reach the kids, to reach the parents, to get them outdoors, to appreciate nature, to understand how it works, how our access works, and how it's funded, and to have an appreciation and value for it. There's so many things, so many questions I have running around in my head right now because I mean, we get off on a completely different topic here about kids and how much time they spend behind a computer, not a computer, not behind a computer, they're behind their video games and mm -hmm. their phones and everything like that. Their they're just tablets. losing touch with all that the outdoors has to offer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're very fortunate to be here in Arizona where there is so much to do outside, whether it be hiking, hunting, fishing, you know, whatever. There's so much beauty here. Um, gosh, I mean, what a challenge to get kids away from right. all this technology and into the outdoors. You almost have to, like, physically grab them and say, let's go. Right, exactly. And if, and if the parents aren't willing to do that, they're going to continue being mushrooms in front of their uh, their games or phones or whatever. Right. And, you know, there's studies that saying that, you know, the kids, they spend so much time on social media and it's so fake and they compare themselves to what they think their friends are doing, you know, and then the depression and suicide gets involved in there. And then you have, um, you just have so much misinformation also on there. And then they're not making real friends and real connections Yep. I remember when we were kids, we went to summer camps or yep. family vacation camping trips. We went to the state parks, you know, we, and we met the neighbors that were camping next to us. I mean, I, I just have great memories of things like that when I was little. You know, we'd go play outside until the streetlights came on. Then we needed to come home. And now kids, they don't have any self-reliance skills. They don't have social skills. They don't have uh, critical thinking you know, they, you know, we used to do things like jumping off a rope into a water and then learning that it's not deep enough or that it's too cold. <laughs> I mean, we learn risk taking and the kids aren't, they're not learning that anymore. Oh man, those are such good points. I will say uh big shoots over here as a little guy. And I, 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 
I commend him because he gets them out, you know, whether it be playing golf or going fishing or whatever. Lately, it's been, uh, we go down to the park to sock dingers. What? Oof. That's what he calls it. What, what is that, fishing? No, where, baseball. Hit, oh, hitting <laughs> home runs. Yeah, yeah, socking some dingers, where, boys. Where did he learn that terminology? <laughs> From his dear old dad. Yeah? Yeah. No, he, he's like a sponge, so I got to be careful uh, with what I do, tell yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, oh, my goodness. I've that learned age. that the hard way. But, I, uh, you know, with that in mind, I have to commend my wife. She has always, from day one, limited him on his screen time. She's an educator. She kind of has that mentality. She and, knows. Yeah, he gets, like, at most an hour a day. And that's usually that's right before bed and calm him down and get to bed. And yeah, no, she's been great about that. And yeah, no, he, he likes the outdoors. He's dragging me out more okay. than I'm doing to him. So we're doing something right. That's hopefully, awesome. hopefully it stays that way. Yep. And I think back at like, even like my most fondest childhood memories um, are like fishing trips with my dad or going oh, yeah. hunting or, you know, just with my buddies, you know, going to the local uh, pond and catching carp or whatever, you know, it's just like, yeah. Those are the things that stick out in my mind, and it just doesn't happen that much anymore. And these parents have to really, like I said, have to make a conscious effort. Right, and that's how the the friendships are made. I mean, I know hunt guys that hunt together that they haven't lived anywhere near each other for 20 years because, you know, life happened. They went to different school universities, and then they got married, and they moved to different towns, but they still get together for an annual trip. I mean, those are friendships that have been bonded that... These kids aren't having the opportunity to develop, and that's that's what the outdoors is all about. Absolutely. Um, what's your so you like to hunt? You like to fish? Mm-hmm. All of the above? Well, I like to hunt. I'm not a big fisherman. I find it a little boring, but a little boring. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you like you've shared some pictures with me in the past of you know like elk and oh, yeah. whatever. I, I mean, just like going out and seeing the wildlife. Yeah, yeah I mean the times that I. I lived in Southern Illinois for, gosh, about 15 years. And living in Chicago, I mean, I didn't get exposed tr- uh, tremendously to a lot of outdoor stuff. I mean, some some city fishing and stuff like that, or when my dad, you know, took us up to Wisconsin. But living in Southern Illinois, it was a very, you know, rural area. Mm-hmm. I mean, great hunting and fishing. And, you know, in hindsight, I mean, I'm so glad I was exposed to that stuff. Um, but even when I was hunting, I honestly could care less if I killed something. Oh, yeah. But you're just there in the element mm-hmm. you know and they're come, you know the, whatever deer whatever are coming towards you and it's just like this i mean adrenaline rush is unbelievable right. just being that close to wildlife yeah you know? and, the, and just just being in the outdoors and experiencing it and becoming one with the earth and nature yeah. and not to sound too woo woo but i mean you get out there and you just feel connected whereas you know in town you're you're with all the traffic and then busy at work and stuff like that you kind of start to feel a disconnection but then you, you just get grounded and just experiencing all the little sounds and smells and looking at all the weird little plants that grow and, and then yeah when you happen to get close enough to see an animal or smell them yep. it's just an incredible experience so yeah i've been hunting many times i've not harvested very many at all yep <laughs> Yep, yep. Now, yep. as far as like hunting with what you have actually taken down, are you a big fan of the taxidermy afterwards? Do you have like heads all over your house? And I don't, <laughs> I don't have heads all over my house. Although my very first animal, I had to have taxidermy, and I got a full mount of a javelina. And then um, I went ahead and I got my deer. I have a deer head. And when I got into hunting, I didn't get into hunting until my late thirties. And um, I always said, I'm never going to have a deer head. It's so cliche. Now I have a deer head on the wall, but. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I like the, I got an elk last year. It was a cow elk, female. So I want a blanket made out of the fur. So I'm going to have a, a blanket made. But I mean, it's kind of cool. And it's kind of a controversial, it, it's so silly. There's these groups out there that, that try to make 
hunting into trophy hunting and everybody takes a trophy whether you know whether you're in a race or you have an event that you do and you're proud of you have something to remember you and that's all it is when you happen to say kill an old bull that has huge antlers you're just honoring that animal and the experience it took to get that animal because that animal's old it's smart it knows how to protect itself so you would be able to get that it's just it's a memento and then you're honoring the beauty of that animal i so the whole the whole thing about trophy hunting is very frustrating because there really is no such thing as trophy hunting well and then there's like the controlled trophy hunting which is even more frustrating like when these guys pay you know tens of thousands of dollars to go to africa and kill this or kill that or whatever you know it's like ugh. there's well, no sport in that well the thing is they make it sound like these animals are in this tiny pen and you just have your choice well they're not they're over millions of acres a hundred thousand acres of land and you go out there and it's just like a normal hunt we had they have do this happen to have less fences that we do in arizona if you go after an elk um but the 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 thing is is that money that those guys pay goes towards wildlife conservation in africa the money they spend on the taxidermy goes to Africa and all that meat, they can't bring it back. It feeds those mm. villagers and it gives those villagers jobs and it pays for the policing of the poachers. So that money, it, it, and, and it's a bad, what's really sad is there's this organization that has stopped the importation of the mounts and stuff. So they're making it harder to go over there, which means they're losing funding to take care of these animals and, and control the populations. It's actually... Again, it's 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 a it's it's a misinformation that people are getting that that the trophy hunting's bad and causing a problem over there, and it's not. They need it desperately, and they need the money. That's a really interesting perspective that I, I didn't realize that the, the, how the money and the meat and everything goes to benefit oh, yeah. the locals there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you can feed a whole uh, you know an elephant can feed a whole village for a long time. Have you the, ever personally eaten elephant? I have not. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what it tastes like. <laughs> Probably, Probably like never, chicken. I never really thought about mm. eating an elephant. That's yeah, one bite at a time, I hear. <laughs> exactly. Oh, out of left field, she got me. She did. I just had a really funny thought. You know, like, if, like I was a bass fisherman, mm. and, you know, you catch a trophy bass, you take a picture of it, and they can build you a mount off of that right. picture, basically. Yeah. The, the size, the measurements, weight, blah, 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 and you throw the fish back in the water and lives another day, and somebody else, you know, gets to catch that fish, and... You can't really do that with anything else, you know, because what do you do, like wrestle a giraffe and take a picture of it and be like, this is my mount. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't work. <laughs> you can't do it. Wrangle a javelina and just hold it like yeah, a, no thanks. Hold yeah. it up for a picture. Exactly. Yeah, that's going to go well. Mm. <laughs> oh, I've been lobbying my wife for probably the last 10 years. I want a moose head. No Ooh. reason for whatsoever. Just those are awesome animals. We got a game room. It needs a moose head in it. There was a woman, I, I saw it on Facebook, I, and she's a big-time hunter with an outfitter or a magazine, and and she got this gigantic moose with this huge rack with a bow. Oh. They're big, mean animals. I, I Thousands of pounds, right? Yeah. They're gigantic. I, I it's mean, probably 2,000 pounds. And the rack on this thing was, it, it could be built into a couch. It's so huge. Oh yeah. God. I don't know. It's, That's amazing. Oh, if I brought that home, that would be divorce court right yeah, there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you need a bigger house. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so what's your uh, what's your best hunting or fishing story? Do you have one? Well, I was trying to think of that. I've got all kinds of funny stories. And um, I'd have to say the the one that's, that I'll never forget was I went on a bear hunt with a group of friends up near um, 
snowball i think it was and uh when we drove up we kept seeing all these guys men walking around in the woods with little baskets carrying little baskets and we're like what the heck is going on up here so we pulled over and we asked one of them and they're mushroom hunters oh. apparently that year there's prime for mushrooms so they're out there mushroom honey so there's all these weird people walking around with baskets anyway it started drizzling while we were there we didn't weren't able to go out so we're just staying under the big easy up having dinner and stuff and I had to go to the bathroom. Well, you don't have bathrooms out there. <laughs> so I walked further into the woods with my little roll of toilet paper and looked around and I made sure nobody was around. And I go to do my business. And of course, you know, I had to do number two. And um, <laughs> so I'm squatting behind this log and I reach back to wipe and there's a mushroom hunter with his basket just staring, no staring way. at me, standing there. It's like, oh you know, you could have saw me and that, oh, gee, I should walk away. But no, he just stood there and had been staring at me going poo. <laughs> What a creeper, man. Yeah, it was. And so I immediately, you know, I finish and I yank up my pants and I hightail it back. And I, and then everybody's laughing. like, why are you white? What happened? You know, like I was like <laughs> blanched out on the face, freaking out. And I told them the story and they're laughing. What really sucks is later I realized when I yanked up my pants, my favorite pocket knife oh. fell out. And I wasn't about to go back there trying to find it. So. <laughs> I don't know how long ago that was, but... Uh, it was a long time ago, but... I was just saying, yeah, hopefully you didn't, like, Instagram it or something. It was a long time ago. You know, last week. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years ago, but yeah. No, I was so bummed about losing my knife, but yeah, I was just like, why was this guy just standing there watching? Why would you watch anybody do that? Oh, it's so know. funny. That's... Yeah. So professionally speaking, what's uh what <laughs> Thanks for changing the <laughs> Yeah, subject. right. What's the and next big pivot. thing for you? I mean, what uh you got a lot of things going on. I'm sure you have goals for all these different organizations you're a part of, but what's like what's one thing that kind of uh kind of drives you right now? What 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 Well, right at? right now it's Be Outdoors Arizona. Um I took it over. It was a nonprofit. I joined them about 3 years ago. Uh their website had crashed and I offered to volunteer and rebuild it. And I rebuilt that and set up the social media presence on Facebook. And their goal was to create a place for all the different organizations that offer outdoor experiences, especially for kids, like the different camps and learn to fish and learn how to hike and all these things, different nonprofits put on to have them all in one place. So that once you try one thing and you start as a beginner, you know where to go next. You know, now that I know how to, you know, bait a hook and throw it in the water what other kind of fishing can i do how do i trout fish how do i bass fish how do i fly fish and so you have all these next steps um uh, and, and so i was involved with it for about three years i built a website i got a huge following i've got over eleven thousand followers on facebook and last year they came to me and said look you know the board's not working on it anymore we're going to close the doors Ooh. and i said no i mean i work too hard on it i love doing it i've got all these partnerships i've got the following so i asked them to give me the name and give me the organization yeah. to let me run with it. So they did. So um, I'm creating a new entity out of it. It won't be a nonprofit, but I will support all these other nonprofits. So um, it's a huge calendar of all these different events. So locals, um, outfits, you know, companies, businesses that serve the outdoors can have targeted marketing on those particular event pages, like Tackle Store would be on all the fishing pages, a hiking store could be on all the hiking pages, that sort of thing. And then also offer sponsorships for larger corporations that want to support getting kids outdoors and supporting nature. That is a, uh, that's a great cause. How do, you, how do you go about finding sponsors? Um, I'm just starting now. I've got a marketing package I'm putting together and calling and knocking doors. It's a guerrilla marketing type yeah, effort, right? Kind of, yeah. Just grassroots, knocking doors. Who do you know? 
Yep. And and getting to know the corporations and what they stand for, and you know, a lot of them um, offer benefits for their employees to volunteer. There's a ton of volunteer stuff on the website. You know, all these organizations, especially the wildlife conservation organizations. There's a there's an organization for every big game animal, except for Avelina, I think, in uh, Arizona, and they have all kinds of work projects. And we always need volunteers to go out there and do those pro- on the ground projects. And that's on the Be Outdoors Arizona. Yeah, you can web- find them there. And what what is that website? BeOutdoorsArizona.org. Dot org. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I did learn something. <laughs> this is like full circle stuff. But so Carol Pacey is uh, she's like known as the fish lady. I don't know. Maybe maybe you might even met her at some point, Kara. She works for Marsh Industry. Marsh. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but they. Long story short, I don't want to. I don't want to embarrass myself by going into some details I don't know that are factual. But she did teach me one thing this past weekend. That is that. Do you know how many native fish there are in Arizona? Um, native fish. Native, native two Apache and the Gila. Thirty six. Oh, there's thirty six. Oh, okay. Thirty six. Well, okay. Can you believe that? I was shocked. I'm like, so like, oh, like bass, and she's like, no, those aren't native fish. It's like, those are like predators, basically, you know, and like pike. I know if you go up north, there's northern pike up there. Mm-hmm. She's like, we don't like those Mm-mm. guys here in Arizona. They're predators. They're, you know, they're... They're invasive. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. So I thought that was really interesting. Well, then do you know that Arizona has the most big game animals in any state in the Union? Jake knew that. Oh, yeah. He was he was looking at me like he just... Yeah, I knew Moose, this. deer. <laughs> we don't have moose. <laughs> Yeah, the moose are <laughs> slightly east of here. <laughs> There's yeah, bear, though. I, the bear, that kind of surprised me. Bear, javelina, two kinds of turkey. turkey. Uh, we have two kinds of deer. We have the elk. We have the antelope. Um, uh, mountain lion. What am I forgetting? And it's important. I mean, it's important that people hunt. Right? Yes. Yeah. And there's so many people out there, you know, that are anti-hunting, anti-harvesting, whatever you want to call it. But that's important to... Like the life cycle, really. You, you right? do. You, you need to. You need to control the number of predators per prey. You get too many hmm. predators, they're going to wipe out the prey. You got to control the number of prey per habitat that the habitat can support. How much food and water is out there? You get too many prey, then you're going to run into starvation, and hmm. you, they'll wipe out the the landscape, and there'll be no food left, and it can't recover. And then you have got the problem of invasive species like the fish you were talking about. We've yeah. got burrow and horses that are feral. And they're multiplying, doubling about every four years. And what they do when they eat is they tear the grass out by the roots. And so they can't regrow. Oh, well. And the other animals, the ungulates, they, they pull the grass out, but they don't tear up the roots. So the grass can re- regenerate itself and regrow. So, wow. yeah, you've got all these things. You've got to balance the numbers of everything. And and there's groups out there that came in and said, oh, well, mountain lions, wolves, and and coyotes can self-regulate their numbers. They can't. What they what they're looking at is just they're looking at the number in a pack over the years. Well, they don't explain that the pack is the male and female that breed, and the pack is the the kids. You know, the offspring. And then after a year, those offspring move off, form their own packs, and then this this couple, the two, breed again, have another litter, and that's a pack. And so they think, oh, well, this one pack is always around six to eight animals well that's because every year they're new Oof. it's a new litter and those litters are creating new packs so yeah it's, it doesn't yeah they don't self-regulate what happens i mean i'm thinking like my uh my folks live up in prescott valley there's so much development happening up there and i know that there was i mean i'm sure there still is i just don't know where they go that's my question there's a huge antelope 
population um, there and all this development they're developing yep. you know hundreds of acres and they're forcing out in this case the antelope well where are they going they're not forcing them out they're enclosing them and antelope need a lot of room to roam and what the antelope foundation did just last year in fact we had a big capture and we go out there and we captured i believe it was around 50 animals and um, it's a huge process I, I wish i could have been on it but i wasn't but it's a huge process that we take the we took about 50 of them and took them down south and put them in three different areas where there's plenty of room for them to roam because yeah they're getting closed off the the problem you know with them there in prescott and a lot of people up there were very upset about removing them is that the animals were just going to die off anyway because they're going to get hit by cars they're going to run out of food and water they won't be able to escape their predators the coyotes and within 10 5 10 years they were going to be gone they just yeah. die off and because they also can't get to other antelope herds and so they're going to have genetic problems because they're mm. just interbreeding over and over mm. so that's that's what we did we took a bunch out i don't know if we're going to go back there and get the rest of them or any more of them but i mean that's what we look for well wow. for and the antelope stuff like that is that like do you have to have special training to do that or is that like you mentioned there's uh, volunteer opportunities on on the website yeah. uh, like can somebody volunteer to go and be a part of that effort well, the, there is some special training on that, but they, they have professionals with a helicopter that shoots the netting gun or, or, or pushes them into a corral type of a, a structure. The, the structure up in Prescott was about a mile and a half long, and it was just this, this fencing that funneled them to a corral. And, um, but they, they train you as far as what you're going to be doing. Most of our projects, especially for antelope, is, um, is fence projects. We work with ranchers to make their fences wildlife friend friendly. Antelope don't jump fences, they crawl under. So if you have barbed wire and it's really low, they either can't get through it or if they get through it, they get all ripped up, which makes them bleed, which makes them a target for the predators because they can smell them. So what we do is we go and we, we remove that bottom wire and put smooth wire on and then put it on at 19 inches so they can get in and out easily, but it'll still keep in your cows for the, uh, the ranchers and such like that. It's kind of cool. It's a I'm lot of fun. I'm getting schooled today. It's very fun. So much behind <laughs> this. And I, I got I to gotta tell you, I, I, I respect your passion for the outdoors and, uh, you know, it, all the stuff you got going on. It's absolutely amazing. Um, I, I did want to, <laughs> at least for a couple seconds, uh, <laughs> touch on the, the Triffid Online Marketing. What's that website? Is it? TriffidOnline.com. And uh, so with that, you you build and develop websites. Websites, social media, just a, m a whole marketing campaign. I sit down with a company and say, okay, who's your, let's figure out who your, your best type of client is. Wh where are they hanging out? Where are we going to find them? What's the message that's going to reach to them and create a full campaign that uses their website, uses their social media, media and um, email and offline marketing. Direct mail works wonders still. <laughs> and um, nobody gets anything cool in the mail anymore. You know, and it used to be cool to get an email, and now it's just like, oh, God, I got so many emails. But, you know, email marketing still works. But, you know, and, and again, there's a way to create relationship online with your online presence. You know, you just have to be real. Yeah. Interesting about yeah. that, that regular traditional mail is still effective. I mean, I... Oh, yeah. I check my mail like once every three weeks, I swear. And I go to the mailbox and I yeah. walk back to my house. And you like, stand over the garbage can. You know, 10 pounds of crap. And out of all this mail, I keep like three pieces of it. You know, yeah. it's like, why are they all these trees? And geez, come on. There's got to be a better yeah. way. But anyways, you're right. It's still. It's that time of year. We got the toy catalogs in the mail the oh, other geez. day. Well, I oh, wish I had toy man. catalogs. He was, he literally got out a marker and I think he circled 90% of the catalog. <laughs> He just skipped those like the, were the, the girl toy pages. Oh my gosh, those were the days. 
Anyways, uh, so we got to wrap this up. Oh, wait, uh, hold on. Oh, you got yeah. some. What's, what's your favorite website you ever developed? Oh, good just, one. You know, it's just, that's not a loaded yeah. question no. by any yep, means. Yep. Well, your website was okay. It was oh. fun. But, but no, uh, it, it, no, seriously, it's got to be, be outdoors because there's so much to do with it. I don't. I have free reign. There's no budget. A lot of companies, and, and I'm not talking about you guys, but there's a lot of companies that even for their marketing, they're thinking, oh, I don't want to spend any money. It doesn't work, blah, blah. It's like, well, it's probably because you spent money on a firm that overpromised and underdelivered, or you didn't give them enough money for them to really do anything to be effective. So Be Outdoors, is just, there's so much fun stuff on there, and I have so much more planned for it, and I can do a lot of cool things with it. Um, you know, it, it, My favorite websites are ones that I can change, and you can do stuff so that they're always evolving, and, you're, and those are the kind that people go to anyway, so... Yeah, when you when you told me about Be Outdoors uh, Arizona here a, I don't know, a month or so ago, when you know we asked you to come on, I went and checked it out, and I was like, oh my gosh, it is like you said, it's such a great resource for everything. Yeah, I mean everything outdoors, and you're doing a great job with it. So, Thanks. hope you, hopefully people that are listening uh, will will definitely check that out. Uh, what's the? Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of things we didn't discuss, but what's the one thing you want people to know about you? Oh. Come on, there's yeah, got to be I, something. I don't know. Something besides besides uh, taking a dump in the woods. Yeah, besides <laughs> yeah, that, you I know what? And getting peeped I'm, up. I am, I am a bear. I think she told us enough by now. Yeah, I'm a bear. I poop That's in a good the woods. Point. Um, yeah, what else do they need to know? No, I think um, I know that uh, I sometimes can come off as uh, a little short and um, concise to the point and not very touchy feely. Um, but yeah, I'm. I'm just soft and mushy inside too. Yeah. Aww. Aww. I kill animals, but I'm soft and mushy. I love my animals. But, but you, know. you do all this work to protect the antelope. And exactly. It's a two-way street. We see it. You got a soft spot in your heart for uh, animals. No I, do, I do. That's that's my maternal instinct since yeah. I have no kids. So Ask her the um, the motivation well, question. Well, of course. Yes. This, is, this is Ryan's favorite question. Yes. Well, it, next the, to the, the question, question itself is, do you have a mantra that you live by? We've had some some really good ones. Uh, train past the finish. Yep. Bri- uh, what is it? Build, build value, add, make friends. Add value, add make, value friends. make friends. Yep, yep. Do uh, what you love, love what you do. Good one. Something like that. I don't really have a mantra. As far as motivation, nothing really motivates me. I view motivation as a choice. It's Motivation doesn't just happen. You can't wait to be motivated, and it's not a result of something else happening. Um, but as far as a mantra is... Um, um, you know, we're all human and we're all afraid of each other and there's nothing to be afraid of. Great point. Something Absolutely. like that. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, listen, hey, thank you again for being here. Uh, appreciate you taking the time, especially in your crazy busy schedule. And like I said earlier, you know, I, I love your passion for the outdoors. Um, you do great things as a as a website designer and, and, and marketing. You know, you as as you mentioned, you did the United Surveyors of Arizona website. Shameless plug. Shameless plug, <laughs> uh, which came out great. Is there anything else that maybe we have not touched on that you want to make sure you want to tell the folks? I don't think so. I think we we went more into hunting than I thought we would, which is fine. Um, I just want everyone to know Be Outdoors is not a hunting website. It's for everybody. So if you don't like hunting, just don't go to the hunting camps. Go to the other camps and do other things. So it's, uh, I think that's it. So Great. This is episode 10. Episode 10. You're the last one to get this question. Uh-oh. Well, we can keep it going just for the we fun vote? of it. But yeah. this is the vote. And with that smoker coming on board on Friday, I'm really oh, excited. Smoker. Oh, yep. the sandwich. Yes. Yep. I'm thinking I have a deer leg I could bring uh, Jason. Oh, boy. Throwing that st- smoker. 
That's a great idea. I think you just made a new fan. Okay. <laughs> All right. One for the rest of your life. Grilled cheese, peanut butter and jelly, sloppy joe. Peanut butter and jelly. Ah, there's that's, the that's winner. the winner, boys. There's the winner. I believe, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself and be premature, but I, I think that uh, we do have a winner with peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> so we'll see what Jason's going to do with that. Um, the idea behind that was, is, you know, our, after our first 10 guests, we were going to tally up the votes. Um, in this case, I believe peanut butter and jelly is going to be the winner. Yes, sir. And then Chef Jason is going to put his spin on it, and we're going to invite back I see. our 10 guests to participate in a, a little uh, kumbaya. All right. <laughs> I do usually use preserves and not jelly. I don't really like jelly, if that matters. Do you like jalapeno? Yeah. All right. My <laughs> idea is gaining traction as we speak. I love it. Go. Absolutely. So thank you again, Kara. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. All right. Before we get out of here, we got to make sure we plug uh, our, our new friends, rplstoday.com. If you guys have not checked out that website, Take a minute and do so. It's a, it's a great one-stop shop for land surveyors and geomatics professionals, as well as a number of community forums there that are kind of regulated, as we discussed last time. And there's some really good content on there. You're not going to waste your time. So again, rplstoday.com. Thanks again to Social Hall, of course, and Executive Chef Jason Diaz for uh, being our pre-guest, I guess, this evening. <laughs> It's a double whammy today. Double, double header whammy. boys. Yeah, yeah. Good to get hit, get to know him a little bit. Uh, check us out at uh, thegeoholics.com. And with our newfound social media presence, we also have a page on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, if you can believe that. So if you guys are on any of those social media outlets, please check us out. Just don't have your kids on the screens all day. <laughs> yeah. Just pick check one. us out, and then that's it. Pick get one. outside after that. <laughs> And the Black Mood. I look forward to seeing him uh, here this Saturday night. And take us out with someone to save us, everybody. Till next time, be safe.